your mechanical you know people complain about people having mechanical keyboards on their podcast but Zach has the most silent no no moving part trackpad and for some reason it sounds like he's i don't know flicking like a 1980s light switch Mm. (laughs) the same setup the same trackpad that i've had for two months is apparently now audible when i click it so i'm gonna have to be careful you know uh, it's it it's apple's effort of trying to make you upgrade your computer i don't know how but there are just slight new <laughs> annoyances they add every every week. Doesn't sound like a conspiracy to no, me. No, it yeah. seems totally legit. So this is weird, right? This is the first kind of normal-ish episode we've had in, I don't know, it feels like six Since months. Since WWDC? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was Probably. thinking about that this morning. We're finally not anticipating an event, and it feels weird. Yeah, it is, yeah. It is kind of weird. See, I miss it. <laughs> I want an event. I mean, we have, we have like... In a way, we still have one big big news item, you know, the uh, Apple small business program. I think we should definitely oh, yeah. talk about that. I forgot about that. That was this week. Oh, yeah. Mm. We still have plenty to talk about. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's weird not to work towards like, hey, I wonder what Apple will announce next week. Mm. For, let's for, guess for what Mac's like coming out first. <laughs> yeah. But also, let's guess when when our update that we worked towards for the last few weeks, yeah, when yeah. we can submit That's that to thing. Apple, it will be ready for It's just one. nice to finally not have Apple enforced sort of dates to work towards. It's it's nice. It's yeah, nice it, to just know that there's not really going to be anything any schedule that's like out of our control mm. uh, until what is it? Jan- June or something? <laughs> yeah, it feels um, that way. At least. Yeah, no, it feels good. It was kind of weird, right? The the day after the our Bixer update, we woke up. We're like, wait, we can just work on whatever we want. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's definitely been feeling strange. But it's I I do I do like that because now it's like it, it is it it really changes the way we're working though because now it's like all right let's let's make a list of things we want to work on and let's figure out our our timeline now and. Uh, kind of what the next steps are yeah um getting all the bigser stuff out of the way and all the iOS stuff out of the way but it's kind of nice i'm looking forward to actually building upon the product apart from just working towards compatibility which is quite nice i mean it wasn't just competitive i know there were also new features like we added a widget for example on uh, the mac and also added some made some design changes so there were definitely changes that were like fun stuff to work on but it's nice that now we can sort of go back to our own roadmap because we have had this roadmap of things we want to do and we've sort of been putting them aside a bit Mm. Uh, so that will be good so i have a question about the widgets on the mac in the mac Mm -hmm. os app are they the same Mm. code as the ios ones um, like, how much of that were you able to share? A hundred percent. Okay, that was, nice. Yeah. Um, so is it, the, not... is it the same extension target? No, it's a different extension oh, target. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think you need to do that. I, I don't think you can yeah. have the same target for both. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a hundred percent of the code was shared. I don't think nice. we've made any modification. I mean, obviously in the in the hosting app, we we mm-hmm. have different places where where events that would. Uh, trigger like a timeline refresh happened yes but yes. otherwise like in the widget itself is is one-to-one the same code awesome um, that's really good and the same intent so you, you because we still have the customization right you can still change the theme and those kind of things that's yep. still exactly the same um all the different sizes all the same um so that was really nice it, mm-hmm. <laughs> the widget 
We actually got into one of those kind of app store widget lists and the widget yes. one was the one that Apple pushed the, the, the most prominently in the first mm -hmm. few days. So mm -hmm. that was actually really nice. good, but it was actually in the, in the grand scheme of things, I think maybe 10 minutes of work or five. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that, it wasn't <laughs> that much work. Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> but I mean, that's because we have been good citizens of the, of the Apple platforms and already mm -hmm. added it for iOS. No, that's, fair point. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, it was trivial. It's a bit trickier to develop, um, just because you have, it's a bit more awkward to tell the system. It's harder to discern which one it is because you maybe have your debug builds and you have your, like we have then our production build on mm. the machine and then you have, um, like a staging build and whatnot. And they're <laughs> all showing just as orbit in the, in the uh, yeah, widget yeah. picker. So it's a bit weirder. And sometimes also when you have multiple builds, if they have the same bundle identifier, one app can start a widget that you thought you added for another one. It's a bit weird yep. because yep. Sh we, because we have them in an app group, right? And technically, if you <laughs> build your same app with the same app group, but uh, then then they're all sharing that 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 state. So it's a bit weirder, but it's not it's not bad. Yeah. Okay. And um, you mentioned the app store feature. You're in the list for widgets. How's mm -hmm. that going for you? Oh, it's awesome. It's, uh, I didn't think it would be such a prominent list either, but it's been mm -hmm. sort of at the top of the App Store uh, with like a, a nice graphics. I think people are intrigued of looking at it. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's actually, we've seen, so we're both on that one. And then we're also on great apps for Big Sur and mm. I think new apps for Big Sur as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, we, we're in a few lists at the same time, so it's hard to say which one does what, but we've definitely seen an yeah. increase in both downloads, uh, user oh, yeah, signups, and lists. subscriptions. Nice. Yeah, cool. yeah. So that is really cool, uh, and I'm like, it's 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 nice, and I think those are lists that will be there quite long as well because it's like people are gonna keep on getting new Macs for the rest of the year, right? So I think yes, hopefully, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like a 10x increase in downloads as far as oh, wow. like yeah, the nice. macOS one goes. Mm. Um, and then we were also kind of fortunate enough to also get um, f featured in on the iOS app store, in, at least in Canada. Uh, so we're, we've been yeah. added to a and, couple and of lists. And I think and that was the list that is like, um, it's like a team list. Yeah, great like, working, great, great work. apps to, to work together. Yeah, I think. yeah. And oh, we actually okay. seen people starting to get subscriptions for our uh, team. We, we actually sold some of our team, subscri team subscriptions lately. Ooh. And that was something we put like so much work into and it was yeah. something we wanted ourselves. So we're like, okay, it's worth putting that work into it. But yeah. it's nice to see other people actually finding value in being able to use the app as a team together. And That's awesome. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. So great that's stuff. Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but it's, it's been, it's been great. Um, we're, we're still not, uh, like we're getting closer to, uh, like the level that we're hoping to get to, to be so, mm -hmm. like for orbit to sustain ourselves, but we're still a bit away from that. Sure, um, sure. but it's nice to see that like, uh, people, people keep on downloading it and, uh, we don't have that much churn either. Uh, oh, that's so it's great. Yeah. It seems like people are quite enjoying it. We also get less negative feedback this time. I think in the beginning, in the, like in the beginning, you mean as we, far as reviews? As far as reviews, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, and I think um, I don't. 
I think in, no, no. In in general, there's also like customer support. There are fewer people who like are, are having questions about it, and we've been working on like making the flow a bit better and making it easier to understand the app intuitively. And I think we got that. And there were also some features that people been asking for in the past that we now added. Uh, so in general, it feels like there are fewer feature requests as well. And I think I'm quite happy that we managed to get those in. In between, like working on iOS 14 and Big Sur, we were able to get some of those features in. Uh, ourselves, so uh, we, we, it seems like people in general are quite happy. Mm. Nice. And then really also, I, I do like the new uh, promo codes that Apple added. Was it last week? Um, it was this week, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Was yeah. it this week? Last week? So. Anyways, recently, because they're great. We always had the problem uh, with the promo codes that they're they're having a whole bunch of weird limitations, right? So, for example, what what we tend to do is if someone has like an runs into a genuine bug that no one ever reported before and we actually like because of their kind of feedback and their kind of reproduction steps we find it and can fix mm. it i usually want to offer someone like a like a coupon code or something to to make up for the bad experience yeah, they had. Yeah, i guess it's like a uh, <laughs> like, like a, a bug bu- bounty yeah like, exactly i don't remember the name but yeah sort of like that yeah but it's always weird because with promo codes if someone has a subscription and they add it and might cancel their subscription because they add one or they want to keep it until the next renewal but then all those promo codes used to expire after like 30 days so it was a bit weird when someone's like oh yeah i hold it until my my subscription renews which might be in in like nine months if they sign up for a year and then it expires and it makes the experience kind of weird mm. Um, so now with those promo codes, it, it is really good in, in like multiple regards. We can first of all give someone who's an existing customer a essentially, f- uh, custom duration because we, our plans are only monthly and yearly. And it was always a bit tricky, right? Monthly, I feel like if someone goes through a lot of effort of giving us feedback, I feel like, and kind of going back and forth on how to reproduce the issue or something, I feel like, giving a giving a month feels a bit too too little for that um especially considering how awkward it is to redeem the promo code in the first place but a year feels excessive (laughs) um so now i'm being able to say this is a promo code for the monthly subscription but it will be a free six month period or three months period or 14 uh whatever you want up to a year uh, just gives us a lot more flexibility with that. And so it's how really does that work? Do you, when you generate it, do you specify a duration for, yeah, or how correct. many re- like renewals of a certain No, it's a duration. Time? So they oh, get okay. access to that plan for this amount of time. Yeah. So, you yeah. can even, so maybe if, even if you have a monthly subscription, you can say, yeah. okay, they get access to a monthly subscription for three months uh, oh, for free or cool. with a discounted price. Mm. That's pretty yeah. cool. And it's quite nice like, because you, if you want to have like a special like event or you want to have a promotion for Christmas or something like that, you can also give like give people the ability to buy something at like a discounted rate for the first six yeah. months. Yeah, and you can yeah. you can also decide. You can say, is it completely free? So you can do something like six months for free, but you can also say it's an upfront. So it's like mm. uh, you can say it's it's ten dollars for six mm-hmm. months. And okay. they pay ten dollars upfront with that uh, promo code, and then nice. they still get six months out of it. Or you can say it's a discounted rate for that entire period, and then it converts. Or you can say this replaces the introduction offer if you have already like a free trial or something, yeah. or or it is kind of adding up uh, on top of that. You can say this only applies to new users, existing users, existing users that have a lapse subscription. So you can be very specific. Like for example, if you want to yeah. do like a win back, you you like get a notification yeah. from Apple subscription system that says this user just changed their 
renewal, you could, in theory, we don't have that yet, but in theory, mm -hmm. you could send them then an email saying, hey, if you reactivate, you get to your next three months for free or something. Yeah, nice. Uh, which is kind of cool. And yeah. the same thing for like, uh, if you, I don't know, you'd want to do like a promotion on Twitter or, or like you want to sponsor a podcast or something mm -hmm. like that, mm -hmm. yeah. you can actually say, uh, this is a coupon code that only applies to new users, for example, because you don't want oh, all your existing users. So is the users. code like one to many sort of thing? It's not Unfortunately, like the old not. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a bit you, weird. Like the way they give you the code is still strange. So first of all, the minimum amount minimum amount of codes you can generate is five hundred, which is minimum. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, because, okay. I don't know if you I don't know if you had experience with the previous sort of promo codes. Then you yeah, just yeah. did one by one. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah, you only yeah. had I think like fifty or a hundred per app yeah, update. Yeah. Yeah. But now, now the it's one hundred and fifty thousand being the maximum. Yeah. And five hundred being the minimum. <laughs> So it's, it's, it's still it's, not designed for like your small cool. indie developer. <laughs> it's weird, but I don't like it. It's almost like they don't need to have a highest cap in the first place. Yeah. Right? You, but, but the way they do it is that they like send you a text file with all yes. of the, yeah. all of the codes. And then yeah, you, they used you to do have that to replace your promo codes too. But yeah. yeah. Mm. So that's a bit, okay. I mean, it's, it's fine. And I mean, you can write something like if you would, for example, like, let's say we're going through the route of like you sponsor, uh, the talk show for, for, mm -hmm. for one episode and you want to give a code away, you would probably write your own thing that is a landing page that you have like for, for Petty, you would have your URL slash, uh, the talk show. Mm -hmm. And then yep. you would just surface those, those coupon right, codes one okay. after another mm -hmm. until yep. you're yep. done. So it's, it's but not. But it's up to you. Like I expected there to potentially be something like a Apple link directly yeah. that you could use. And yeah. Then you like a promo code that. that you could say this one yeah, has like 100 redemptions. links, which you yeah. can send and have a maximum exactly. cap. And then they yeah. handle yeah. which ones are redeemed. Cause I guess if you're doing, if you're surfacing them on your own web page, you're going to have to assume that every person who's visited has redeemed because you don't want to show yeah. the same thing yeah. twice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting, interesting. But it's easy, right? You can just do 150,000 and then... I know, I know. I <laughs> yeah, am just yeah, surprised yeah. because it does open up to like a few few different technical issues or bugs on the person who distributes them. Whereas yeah. if Apple yes. would just have a one-fit-all solution, mm. it would be different. But That would mean Apple would expose their bugs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, yeah, it's a bit... I mean, maybe the, it's also early. Who knows what's going to happen? Mm. Maybe there's also something we're missing. I mean, we've only played around with it for, for a couple of, uh, uh, like an hour to get, mm. like, a, setting something up. Um, but it seems to be working that way. So it's basically promo codes plus plus, which I'm still taking because yeah, it allows yeah. us to yeah. do a whole bunch of stuff. And, and like the flexibility and like the duration and the cost and those type of things is quite nice. Mm. Do these reset? With every app version, like in app purchase, no. Uh, I think, as far as I can tell, they reset every year. Okay, so they like yearly ones, but they also last a lot longer. So they're actually lasting instead of the old ones lasting thirty days. Those I think they're up to six months, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. That sounds like yeah, that sounds correct. Mm. Which is okay. just a lot more useful because you can send someone something that's not expiring if they're not getting to it nice, super nice. quickly. So there are a lot of lot of, but it's just. The utility is just greatly expanded, which was great because we don't have any out of app store purchase system mm -hmm. for our, our apps, right? And this allows us to do a lot more things because we now have this kind of standard. Hey, you helped us. You ran into something that annoyed you and you figured, helped us figure out how to solve it. So here's some free, free, uh, um, mm. promo code for like a multiple months one, which is nice, but it also then auto renews after they, 
they're done. So they don't, the user doesn't then have to remember to turn auto renewal on, doesn't potentially break your like streak of, uh, you know, if someone subscribes for a year, you get a discounted rate. It's still, mm -hmm. even if they use your coupon code, it doesn't uh, take away from that streak, which is nice. Okay. Mm. nice. Uh, so there are a lot of new, new things that you can do now, which I think is pretty good. And it also realistically opens the door for, for some indie developer to make a nice tool to generate and distribute those codes. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Because I do think, like, even just a, like, nice Mac app to generate them and then generate, like, actual links for those. I mean, it's mm -hmm. easy enough to write, but I'm sure someone can charge a dollar for a nice app to, to generate that all for you and kind of keep track of them. Yeah, nice. I don't know if no, Apple tells if there's a way from, to fetch from Apple whether code has been redeemed. That would be kind of cool, too. That would too. be nice, yeah. But you would still have to give it some kind of, you know, if you've surfaced a code to someone, you still want to consider that code potentially used for six months because you don't know when mm. someone redeems it right so you still wouldn't want to surface the same code over and over until someone finally redeems it so there's yes. still some tricky bits to it but uh, i think that is such a big step in the right direction um like something that we've been waiting for for, for way too long and it's also the redemption is a bit nicer because you rather than having to give someone like here's the code and you go through this weird step to redeem it you can just send someone a link and it brings up the, the appropriate sheet and you can even surface the promo sheet in your app so there's an api that you can call to bring up the promo code uh, um, display and then uh, whoever you send promo code to can enter it there and then they can see in an apple provided uh view what that entails like how long yeah. how much does it renew for what do you get for free what when do you have to pay and all of that which i think is just nice and, and that I seems think, like the type of thing that if you're emailing customers directly you could say you know hit this link like orbit.com forward slash redeem mm. opens that in your app and then they mm. have a place to put that code because i always find it funny if i send someone a promo code i try and send along some very brief instructions about how they can yeah. do that i'm mm. like yeah. mm -hmm. like go to the app store pretend you're redeeming a gift card mm -hmm. and then like, yeah. how many people yeah. know what a gift card yeah. like have yeah, ever redeemed a gift card yeah. in the app store mm. yeah um it's always a bit funny so mm. if i can just say like hit this link petty you know petty app forward slash redeem mm -hmm. um, that yeah. would be really handy yeah or it also allows like a bunch of other options like you could send someone a qr code let's say you have an ios app but you know they will redeem it from like your website you have like mm -hmm. a special website that you send people to or whatever you can have a qr code that they can scan and you know depending on what your market is and how you want to distribute it there's it's just allowed it allows for a whole bunch of new ways which i think is pretty good Speaking of nice things for developers, we got another nice one. Unless you make uh, more than one point, what is it, one point two million dollars a year, in which case you're not affected, but you're already rich, so who cares? <laughs> um, or you have a lot of people that work on your on your product. But the small what what does Apple call it? Small business program. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it is the small business program. Yeah, so what that entails is if you happen to make an app and you're making less than um, 1 million US dollars after Apple's cut, uh, you're now qualifying for a reduced um, commission from Apple. So instead of paying 30%, as everyone has since 2008, mm -hmm. uh, you now have a yep. chance if you're, if you're qualifying. 
Um, and there are still some. Uh, Apple said they will announce more things around December, like some because there are a whole bunch of details that we don't know. But the, the kind of brief yeah. overview is less than a million dollars. Uh, you get fifteen percent instead of thirty percent. Yeah, which I think it's great. It's definitely a step in in a really good direction yeah, for a yeah. lot of smaller companies. It's great that small. And I think comp- yeah, it it sort of came out of nowhere as well. I think we we know people been sort of mentioning it throughout the year that Apple should change their pricing or change their change their commission and like pay more to developers but i don't think anyone expected this to be something that comes out this year Mm. Uh, so it's awesome to see that and specifically that they are focusing on smaller developers because it can really make a difference there And I mean, most people that I know that make iOS stuff and the stuff that I appreciate, they make uh, less than a million dollars. So it affects actually yeah. a lot of great apps that I, I think all three of us use every day. Mm-hmm. And if um, those people now make uh, 21-ish percent more money per uh, per sale, that is, or per, per, per year, I mean... That is that is really good because I think they can use that money to make the apps even better. Yeah, yeah, it is really easy to be skeptical of this because you know there's all the stats around. Well, while this does affect 98% of developers and a lot of developers we know, um, it it really only represents about five percent of Apple's revenue. But I think Kai, you you put it in the most like real perspective that I've seen this week with your tweet about hey, you and Marlon are suddenly 21% closer yeah. to mm. making orbit sustainable. And I think mm. it, it is really easy to be critical, but, and, and it's all the criticism, there's all truth behind that. But I think on the whole, this is a massive benefit for the people, like the 98% of people mm-hmm. that it is going mm. to positively impact. And um, it's important not to lose sight of that. And that's a really like that 21%, that's a really tangible way that this change now benefits you and 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 it's significant right for us it is yeah yeah absolutely you know it's it's yeah growing your business by 20 percent is really hard Mm. getting that because in the end um if we're just looking from it from a financial perspective it's the same as if we all of a sudden overnight grew 20 percent larger of a Mm. user base and that's the thing there's probably not a single thing you could have done in the last week that would have increased your business's revenue by 20 percent not a single, mm. like, you know, no matter how good your marketing was, probably mm. not possible. Um, mm. Or and not free as without well, being right? ridiculously expensive. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. For free. yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's, I, I understand all the, the skepticism. And there are a lot of weird edge cases that people run into. Like, if you happen to make exactly $1.3 million every year, you're in a weird kind of in between state. And I understand all of that. And I also understand the, the kind of background of saying, oh, antitrust and Apple was forced to. Yeah. But in the yeah. end, sure, those are interesting things to talk about. But in the end, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that have tremendous benefit from that. No matter if Absolutely. Apple was forced into it or did it out of their good heart or whatever it is, it will have a tangible, noticeable, positive impact on almost everyone I know in this industry. Yeah. I mean, I don't buy for a second they did it out of the goodness of their heart, but <laughs> it, is still, it doesn't change that's a positive change exactly. for many, many people. And so, yeah, yeah it's important not to, to lose sight of yeah. that. And it's like some, sometimes you see that, right? Companies donating to charity. And you're like, well, yeah. they can then use that as a tax credit. Sure, but it's still probably a net benefit yeah, on, on, in yeah. the world. Yeah. That, but that in that sense, like, even if you did, like, look, I, I don't really, people in particular, companies, I don't really care what companies do, but people in particular, like, who are like, I donate to all these charities and make it really public, not a fan. But the thing is, <laughs> it's better that they did that and were super public about it than yep. not did it at all. So if the only yep. reason they did it was so they could put it on Instagram, <laughs> I don't really like that, but it's still a net win for the world. <laughs> so go yeah. nuts. Yeah. And maybe yeah. it will encourage another one or two people to do the same yeah. thing. So, yeah. like, y- 
look, it's it's the same kind of thing. Like, if it was just a publicity stunt or a way to get uh, legal pressure off them, cool. But it has helped people, so I'm all yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And there are a lot of people that, that just make it right now as indie developers. Yes. And yeah. they will now yeah. make it a little bit more comfable. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think, like... Off. Yeah, but yeah. even like twenty percent. Even if you hit like if if you're very close to the million dollars, right? Making twenty percent more, like let's say you make like two hundred thousand dollars more, if you're like right at mm-hmm. the at the limit, that is hiring like multiple people that might be yeah. able to help yeah. you out or yeah. have a significant battle chest of kind of growing your business in other yeah. ways. Yeah, and I think that like that can have a significant impact on the business itself, but also on people who really like uh, who who need jobs or who would benefit from working in a smaller. And team. if you look at yeah. it like. $200,000 for Apple from those businesses makes zero difference. Apple has yeah. no, Apple's not going to hiring more people because they made $200,000 more of your App Store commission. <laughs> but for, for all those people that make less than a million dollars, 1.2, whatever, um, you know, for every single one of those, it will have a significant impact yeah. and i think yeah. impact if it has a significant impact of any way to like 50 percent of developers how is that not a thing to celebrate yeah we, yeah absolutely. you know yeah and i think it makes it makes it makes people more comfortable like staying in the developers because like if you let's say you have a have an app and you're like just on the edge of making it then you would maybe be like oh i'm gonna keep my main job because uh, you know, if I would go, if I would go under that for one year, then like it's a tricky situation. But then having an, even if you are already at a comfortable place, if you have an extra buffer there, mm. that will make more people like actually decide to go full time. And I think, um, that can be really satisfying for them and they can make a big difference actually being able to put all their effort into their apps that they're making. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I know that there's some rough edges around, like, as you approach a million, what's the best thing to do? And you don't really want to be on that border. But mm-hmm. one one of the things I couldn't help but wonder this week is Apple would have these numbers. Maybe next to nobody is on that border. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that I'm sure there's some people, like, there's that many developers that there's got to be some people on that border mm-hmm. or some companies on that border. But maybe looking at Apple, looking at their numbers, they're like, this will only affect a handful of people. You're mm-hmm. either well under or you're well over. So maybe that's a, a fair enough line that it doesn't matter. But one thing that I'd be interested to see is companies with multiple apps yeah. that yeah, all do that pretty fun. well. Yeah. Are they going to start splitting into separate yeah. companies? Because seriously, if you yeah. had five apps that all make five hundred thousand dollars each, for example, mm-hmm. a year, mm-hmm. it makes very uh, it makes a lot of business sense to create a separate entity for mm-hmm. each of mm-hmm. those apps and claim fifteen percent back on all of those mm-hmm. applications. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm and I, I have spoken to people who are very strongly considering this, who have. Mm-hmm. Some apps that go over and some apps that are under, and they're going to put the ones that go under into their own entity. And Mm. I'll be interested to see how common of an approach that is. And for some of those small, I say small studios that probably do quite well and pull in a few million Mm. dollars a year, but have multiple applications, Mm. none of Mm. which probably make over a million alone. It's going to be interesting. Mm. But I think in the grand scheme of things, I don't know if Apple will care because it's so insignificant. You know, if sure. they, you probably won't won't do that if your business is in a place where you're like having a hundred apps, right? If you wouldn't sure, sure. break out a hundred entities mm. because there's so much overhead to it. If, but if, if they're all gives- making eight hundred thousand dollars a year. <laughs> It yeah, could it's be, about- because because you could pay somebody to manage that company full yep. time every year and still have <laughs> yeah. a margin on that hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars you get back. Yeah. Mm. 
But I think yeah. that is still such a small fraction of all developers that fall oh, sure, into that. Sure. I'm not that doubting that. Uh, yeah, I'm not doubting that at all. But I, mm. I know and, people who are considering this. <laughs> yeah. And then you also have to be in a point, because there's so many extra factors, right? You kind of have to, for all of this to make sense, you have to be under the million, sure. Mm-hmm. You have to, even if you worried of ever hitting the million, you would have to, it would only really make sense if you think you will only ever hit that million in December. You know, if you're like hitting it in, in July already, there's nothing you can do really, right? If Even if you're saying, mm-hmm. hey, we make our app free for, for the last three days. Sure, if you're like always exactly three days short of, of your of your money threshold, then it might make sense. But you have to be comfortably under that. You have to, if you ever risk it, you have to, that only happens in the end of the year. And realistically, makes only sense if you're not feeling like you would hit, you would grow past that in in the foreseeable future, right? If you think it might only be like for an extra six months that you're staying under that, it's probably again not making sense. Then there are other caveats, like if you want to have, if your apps kind of share data, there are bunch of restrictions that you can only have shared identifiers if they're part of the same organization so it has to be very separate and at that point you could almost argue like if they're completely separate different you know then then they might as well be different entities right if they're completely disconnected anyways it doesn't really matter that some of the people worked on both of those apps Mm -hmm. like you know they might as well be different entities and then everyone's is okay with it anyways Mm. yeah so that's fair it will be interesting to see. And I mean, we're 100% seeing those stories. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't know if Apple will care if they're like, hey, oh, no, if you're like won. one There's holding company, you can do about it. like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a company is, is an entity is an entity. And if, if people decide to, to create more of those, you know, that's it's a thing that be. Apple do themselves. So you can't blame <laughs> yeah. the developers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's like there are shortcomings to it, right? If if you do have certain shared identifiers, you have to be aware that you can no longer do that. Yeah. And and if if that works for you, well, yeah. But then it's also it, it kind of depends on your business model, right? So for Orbit, for example, let's say um let's fast forward to I don't know when, but sometime in the future, let's say we're we are close to the million dollars in in yearly recurring revenue. Um a good chunk of that will be people that have subscribed to us for for more than a year Mm -hmm. so for us we wouldn't even like for a subscription app right Um, a subscription app for the second year a user subscribes you're already getting the better cut so you're already getting 15 percent for all Mm -hmm. subsequent years so for us it might not even be that we go from 30 from a 15 for everything to 30 for everything we might only go like a mixed calculation might be we pay i don't know instead of paying like being at a 70 tier we might be in the you know somewhere in between mm-hmm. the two yeah, so i yeah. do and it think wouldn't be for, worth it in that case but yeah but yeah. i do think again for for a lot of kind of indie type apps you're probably still in a situation if you and i think we see more and more of them being subscriptions you might be in a good situation where you can build like your million dollars on of subscriptions that then kind of convert quite nicely to 15% by the time you get over the threshold anyways, or they're already on 15%. And then you're essentially just paying 30% for new ones. Like if you follow kind of what Apple seems to kind of push with the Mm -hmm. subscription apps Mm -hmm. and and kind of having enough value that people want to stay subscribed, the transition might be not as rough as 
people might think mm-hmm. that only sold up front. But at the same time, another thing related to subscriptions is that I think at the moment, many apps are going with the subscription pricing. And that is partly because there's a reoccurring revenue there, but also they have the potential of dropping down to a 15% cut. I think giving everyone the opportunity to have 15% cut, no matter their business model, might yep. make people decide a business model that fits better to their app rather than going for subscription just because that's mm. an added benefits of subscriptions mm. yep. i'm guessing apple yep. still do want to push subscriptions because it benefits them to mm. get recurring revenue from you know a bunch of apps mm. that everyone uses but yeah as you said there's less incentive for developers maybe to, mm. to strive for the same thing i think developers are in the same situation for the most part though for the most part developers also if the platform is no longer growing at the pace it was in 2009 mm-hmm. um most developers are not in a situation where they're like having tens of thousands of new potential customers every week that mm-hmm. realistically would find those apps because you know right. again 2009 how many apps did you have on mm-hmm. the app store 200 <laughs> you yeah. know if if you have a hundred thousand new users kind of pouring into an app store with 200 apps the chances of you selling significantly more for each new iphone sold are high right a mm-hmm. lot of people had that mm-hmm. in the early days in particular christmas being a great time for indie developers mm-hmm. because a lot of people got new ipads or new iphones and then want to buy apps and there were not that many so the chances of people finding yours were pretty good i don't think we're in that period anymore i think we're now in a point where it's like you have to build um, business models not completely surround uh, not completely focused on growth of your audience but actually providing long-term value for people that people are happy to pay for yeah yeah. So definitely. I do think we're seeing that shift anyway. And it, it you can see it, right? Every time there's an app on on any kind of nine to five Mac, right? Uh they're, they're showing an app, you can see if if they have any kind of subscription model, the first few comments will mm-hmm. always be, Oh, subscription app, I don't mm-hmm. want it. Yeah. It will always happen and I don't or it always happened so far, but I think that is just gonna be the more sustainable business model mm-hmm. in the future where uh, especially yeah. if you have a have a setup where unsubscribing is very easy and it used mm-hmm. to not be on on apple's platforms right unsubscribing was a bit tedious mm-hmm. i would like there to be an easier connection between like I, I feel like every app should have a link in it to unsubscribe like mm-hmm. it should be mandatory and enforced that if you have a subscription app that unsubscribing is as easy as subscribing in the first place mm. And I think that should, it's just kind of long-term as, as more and more apps go in that, in that direction, that should be very clear and obvious of mm-hmm. a place. And it should also, like, I, I, I'm not against the idea of, of Apple sending a push notification of apps you haven't used that you're still subscribing to. I, yeah. I understand that some people would hate that because they make less money. But I think if we want the subscription stuff to really work, it should be in a point where you as a developer provide value to your customers enough that they are mm-hmm. happily and genuinely happy to mm. subscribe to it rather yeah, than yeah. people forgetting about it. Because that's when it becomes uh, an, an annoying, yeah, right? If it's hard to unsubscribe... Complain, right? Like if they get genuine value out of it and it's something that they are happy to pay for, then that's fine. But if it's like, if they feel like they're almost being tricked into getting a subscription, getting Mm -hmm. like a a free trial first, and then they're just, it's just, they just stay in it. They forget about it. They they didn't realize that it said uh, $7 per week instead of $7 Mm -hmm. per month or whatever. And this is something you've seen a lot of people sort of misusing that you get like a weather app and you get a free free Mm -hmm. trial and then it's like really expensive after a while. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, that is when people start complaining. And if you can like make that less 
of a pain point for users, maybe they will be maybe they will be more understanding. I think people will always complain about subscriptions, but yeah. maybe they will be more understanding of why it is a subscription and they will feel a bit easier about trying an app out and then unsubscribe. But I also think I mean we talked about that before. I think making all of this very transparent as Apple's I mean like some of the privacy things we can maybe also talk about later but the idea of a lot of those things for, from Apple's side is to make it very transparent for people who care to see all right what are the privacy implications of of my app for like the privacy uh, nutrition labels we're getting by the end of the year mm-hmm. um, or or kind of being able to like that was the early days of the app store right pricing was up front it's like you mm. pay whatever yeah. 299 yeah. for the app and that's what you pay for the app then with in-app purchases it became a lot trickier because it's like i don't know what the in-app purchase is when it will trigger doesn't mean i see ads doesn't mm-hmm. mean i can't use anything i think there's also potential as more apps have subscription to to access core features to make that a bit more transparent to users so yeah, they know what they're yeah. getting themselves into i know at the moment there's like a part of your app store page where you can sh- see like what are those subscriptions and then it just says the name and the cost but, no but it doesn't really that. mean and much. it's super con- convoluted but too you don't know what's yeah. a subscription you don't know what's in no, that purchase no. the other thing mm. is you don't know which ones are still active so in the case exactly. of petty all of my old mm. ones are still there but if you download mm. the app today there's a single subscription option and yet yeah. if you look at the mm. app store page you can see a bunch of tips and you can see mm. the old print premium one mm. and it doesn't say premium in that purchase and premium subscription i added yeah. subscription for the subscription but the old premium one is just petty mm. premium so mm. as far as you're concerned you've got two things in there that are the mm. same price that both say mm. premium and that might look a bit scammy to you yeah mm-hmm. yeah especially and i mean some companies also do quite heavy a b testing on the subscription right yeah you yeah. might be on the same subscription as someone else they paid three dollars a month and you pay 13 <laughs> exactly you just yep. happen to be in the unlucky draw of the a b test but mm-hmm. i do think there is a potential in app store connect and with the uh, in-app purchase kind of setup on the developer side to say all right those are my in market currently uh mm-hmm. like that are uh, like new users can actually subscribe to those are the prices if we provide like some of the artwork and those kind of things mm-hmm. i think there will be nicer ways of service um to to service those mm-hmm. kind of things and then make it very clear to users i do right, want to is- point out that there is the nice thing that apple has been pushed that, that apple has on the ios app store which is the uh, purchase metadata display where you have like a sort of like a label that shows that there is an inner purchase and you can have like your own custom artwork to that that says what the inner purchase is for. Mm-hmm. So if that can be something that's more prominent and more comf- commonly used in apps, that would be beneficial. But what I would really love to see is make the purchase like show people there what the inner purchase is and make it possible for them to make the inner purchase through the app store. Like I think that would yeah, be quite yeah. nice. Like you, Which you, you see can about do them with that, says, that preview thing, right? Yeah, yeah, but I think it should be more like rather than like the get button, maybe the get mm-hmm. button should say something like uh get and activate an inner purchase or something yeah, like okay. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more like a subscribe button, right? It's yeah, like, this yeah, exactly. app doesn't provide any value on exactly, unless you subscribe. Yeah. So it's rather than it saying get mm. with in-app purchase or free with in-app yeah. purchase, it says yeah, okay. seven ninety-nine per month mm. uh, with two yeah. week free. And you trial. almost want those to be two separate in-app purchase types because there is the in-app purchase where you get some access to some like some parts of the app, and then you unlock. It's like a freemium model, right? Mm-hmm. So a freemium and a like straight up in-app purchase that you need in order to use the app in the first place. Those could be different. I mean, you could kind of fudge that yourself. You could make your app uh, the minimum purchase price up front so it's a premium where you pay 7.99 <laughs> yeah. and then you have to renew but that that will 
for people. I don't think Paynium more. is the word I should go with. Maybe you should work a bit on that marketing, but yes. <laughs> no, but in theory, you can do that, but people will be surprised because if you pay $7.99 for an app and it only gives you one month of access, I think mm. people yeah, would be... Yeah, it's a bit be, dodgy. Yeah. yeah. I think people re- would be more irritated It would be reasonable to be upset about that, that yeah. because you're like, wait, I, I didn't realize yeah. that. But I think yeah. there's a way of... Ex- exposing that better in the app store for yeah kind of- but i do think like now when i'm looking at those sort of uh per- in the purchase batches that you can have they might be one of the solutions to it so if more people get that that's something i want to experiment with adding that mm-hmm. to our page maybe it makes it a bit clearer it's not available on the mac app store at the moment but we should add it to our app on ios and in general like we have a lot of things we want to add for our app and uh, to get back to how Orbit is going, I think we, we're finally at this point where we can like put a focus on what we want to, like adding more and more features that we want to add. Uh, mm. So I'm really looking forward to like spending some time on that. Um, nice. We, we're going to cha- make some changes to like uh, our invoicing and like make that a bit more customizable as well. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward to continuing improving it. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to try this out. going to try making this in a purchase batch. <laughs> but it's also really exciting now we we see so many people that we don't know don't have any affiliation to downloading and subscribing to the app and sending us like feedback and people are really nice mm. like i i don't know if i'm just starving for for human interactions with being logged in uh for essentially the last uh what is it now nine months um but it's kind man of that get- sounds so much people could have added additional people to their families <laughs> and people would not know about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> those kids might never seen the the daylight okay that's i mean really that's, harsh. Uh, that sounds really harsh. probably people don't do like give lay, give birth in their apartments people might care. um anyways <laughs> with that weird interception from Alan, it is it is kind of i mean uh, in america it might be safer to do that than go to a hospital right <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe uh, definitely we're going a million dollars here. cheaper uh, but yes uh, this it's just nine months sounds like a lot of time Yes. And it is. Um, but it is also, I, I do, what, where, where, you, you, now you derailed me. I'm so sorry. You said, ah, oh, customers. Yeah, yeah. It is quite nice that people like reach out and they have genuine questions because they use our app for, for like their businesses. And it's a lot less within the areas that we were targeting initially. Um, because our focus was like freelance designers and developers primarily, right? That's, that's what we're doing. So that was kind of our, mm. our target, but <laughs> we get like a lot of lawyers, uh, uh, contacting us, people with, uh, contractors within space agencies, which is really kind of, I mean, it's cool, right? Our theme is spacey yeah. and having like contractors that work within like building spacecraft is insane i mean super cool it's my favorite i i mean my favorite yeah, uh, user. i'm not discriminating not against anyone else but we <laughs> we definitely didn't focus on on people that do space contracting yeah. um but it's kind of cool um so we're seeing a lot of like areas outside of our in- immediate kind of target audience that are now actually very much enjoying it and and like some of them saying that they recommended it to their fr- friends or that they're now using our app as a team and that's i, I think that's super cool and it's it, it feels a bit surreal to to have people from all over the world using our app for for running their business now but yeah i i do enjoy 
customer support. So even the people that are like, hey, please delete my account, uh, they're like super friendly. Yeah, about they're it. real nice. You, okay, usually they ask like, oh, is there anything we can improve? Or like, if, if, you, if you don't mind, can I ask you for feedback? And then many of them do give us feedback. Yeah, and some of them really detailed. Yeah. And like, this is kind of how I felt when I, what I thought the app was. And then I realized it wasn't actually, that I didn't actually read the description. So it did something else from what I thought it was from, from the name. So I, I decided to go with something else. I was like, oh, cool, that makes a lot of sense. And it also kind of, not that we'll immediately change anything but if that would become a thing that a lot of people say that they didn't get what the app does then that might be valuable for us to address so i think it's it's kind of i i don't know i i really like that even the people that are like a bit harsher at first like getting back to them we talked about that before they, yeah, they, know, I think many around. people notice that when when they talk to a real human, they loosen up a bit and they get a bit happier uh, to to see that you put effort into rep- responding to them. And I think that's really nice. Yeah, so big fan, big fan of fifteen percent. Mm. F- big fan of the new promo codes. Mm. Big fan of. I'm 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 very much enjoying that side of things right now i i feel yeah. like i'm a, like it's also like the new max like we're in a really good state right now i i feel like the most excited about like the apple tech side that i have in a long time because i feel like the, the reduced fees helps everyone uh promo codes makes a lot of things just less of a hassle hmm. the new max is super exciting i've not spoken to anyone since that that not i've not spoken to anyone who knows that there are new Macs and new <laughs> chips that weren't considering them or we're at least some level of, of excited about mm-hmm. them right mm-hmm. yeah no i think i think it's it's great to see so many things happening um, um did you did you remove that mac mini you had in your basket out of your basket Zach? yeah yeah um oh man uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> Now I'm really contemplated again. I, I, I bought a Mac at a, a terrible time. I have no regrets because I needed it. Like it, it's uh-huh. it's provided more than its value in the last few months alone. Like it it's I don't regret it, but man, if I was able to have waited like six yeah. more months, <laughs> um life uh, yeah, like I was I was looking at even the MacBook Pro. If I bought the equivalently specced MacBook Pro uh, that has an M1 chip in it. The only thing I couldn't do is obviously max out the RAM. I couldn't yeah. go to 32 mm-hmm. gigs, but it would be like $1,500 cheaper than what I paid for this yeah. thing as well. Like these things, are, <laughs> it's not often that technology gets better, especially Apple technology, and you can pay less for it. Mm-hmm. But here we are. Um, <laughs> I, I was, yeah, many times this week looking through uh, my car, <laughs> uh, looking through the mm-hmm. Apple store, looking at... I have a fairly close to an Apple store. I could walk in and pick up a Mac <laughs> any day now. Like they're it's all available the same day pickup. It's really dangerous. Um, <laughs> but it's also, I think you're, you're, I, I'm not trying to, to encourage. I know you, you probably should wait anyways. Even if you would be in a market now, it would actually not be a terrible time of wait because this is all entry level. This is what yes, Apple decided yes. to make the entry level mm-hmm. Mac, right? Know, and it's already insanely fast. But it's like the base model. Um, there's a reason Apple limited to 16 gigs. It wasn't that they're like, what? Anyone ever needs more than 16 gigs? It's probably to give you a subtle hint of those are the entry level mm-hmm. ones. If you need more yeah. than 16, you probably want to wait for our next uh, event or press release of the uh, like larger Pro MacBooks and the, yeah. the, the spec'd up MacBook, uh, Mac Mini. Because otherwise you're in the same situation again in six months where you're like, man, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't regret that I bought yeah, it, but I, man, would I like uh, one of yeah. those M1 X1 uh, chips that has double the RAM, double the cores, and everything is twice as fast, and Xcode yeah. builds now take negative amounts of time. Yeah. Um, 
so I, I do think that it's exciting, but it's also, I, I was talking about that earlier um, outside of this podcast. I It's kind of exciting that the cheapest Mac, Apple actually released a special configuration for the MacBook Air um, mm-hmm. that has 128 gigs of uh, memory, like storage SSD instead of the 256, which comes in the normal store. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's kind of the, the, th- the computer that's targeted towards like... Um, uh, schools and kind of entry level for university and those kind of things and i mean 128 is limited right but if you would get that as a, a as a high school student that's the the machine you're being issued as your as your high school machine that is such a fascinating fascinating computer that do- totally does all your tech stuff right if you need yeah. to write essays and stuff you'll yeah. have a great time with that machine but it scales all the way like if your if your interests carry you into like video editing you can actually do that on that machine better than most of the yeah. computers we we own right now hmm. it can totally you, you know if if you didn't know by the time you were given or you bought that computer you're now interested in in development you can actually g- go into games yeah. 3d yeah. development and you you yeah. have a great time with that computer almost yeah. better than all, most of the ones we, you can otherwise buy and sure like you a, could always like try doing video editing and try doing like uh, development in general on like the lower end max but like there's less of a friction there and it's not like it's, no it's longer, not like I mean, if you want to change of... if you want to change what you want to do like in your life if you want to change profession you don't have the barrier of having to upgrade your computer you can just go for it and, and learn it. and realistically space of all the things is the easiest to re- and cheapest to replace like if you have to connect an external ssd through your thunderbolt or usb4 drive it works i mean it's not ideal but it's so i think it's a really empowering situation that we now have the the basic Mac that some people just get as part of the education now being able to scale all the way from from like text editing to like <laughs> I don't know uh, Logic or Final Cut Pro 4K or 8K video editing Xcode development and a lot of people on their expensive Mac Pros would envyly look at at some of the stuff you can do on that machine it's just it's just such a great time to to like such a great thing to see i think hmm. and i mean realistically if you're a developer and you make money off this you you could decide to upgrade if you wanted to but i'm i'm excited that considering that this is the base model and i i, I could almost uh, you know if someone would ask me today hey i want to buy a new like light mac and i want to do some development on the go i would feel no regrets recommending a macbook air right now but it is really nice to have low-end Macs that we can recommend. And we spoke about this sort of before they refreshed the low-end Macs. I think it was earlier mm-hmm. this year, um, where there was no low-end Mac that we felt comfortable recommending. And even, mm-hmm. you know, my sister had to buy a laptop. Oh, I was probably a bit more than 18 months ago now. But at that time, I was like, none of the low-end ones were particularly great. And I wasn't confident mm-hmm. recommending any of them to her. Whereas now I would have no hesitation saying, go get an Air. Go get a fanless Air. Get the lowest configuration. Look, maybe bump the storage if you want to keep some photos on there. But you don't need more RAM. You don't need... Well, there's no option to upgrade the CPU. <laughs> you don't need any of the fancy things. Like, mm. this machine will fly and it will probably fly for four years without even batting an eye. Like, it'll mm-hmm. be, it'll be silent. It'll be... Like, it won't overheat. It's mm-hmm. just going to be a great machine, and it's going to serve you well during your whole degree. Um, and, and we didn't have that very long ago, but now mm-hmm. here we are. And, and part of me wonders if Apple was a bit uh, – if their low-end machines were a little bit um, – 
poor and, and didn't get much love because they knew this was coming. They didn't quite know when, but it was like there's no point putting all this effort into really revamping the low end and, and configuring things properly so that people get the best value for money at the low end because we know we're going to have something that blows everyone out of the water soon. I don't know if that's the reason or if they just did have a lapse. Um, but it was possible. tricky, right? Because the options for Apple and the price range we're super limited like the yeah, the yeah. low end low power cpus that intel made like all the i3 i3 series they were mm-hmm. not great great no. chips they were just very limited right and yeah. the integrated gpus in intel machines were just not great it's yeah and if you go into the i5 or i7 series those chips are just the price of half the macbook and apple clearly ha- Apple, they do care about their margins, so obviously that's not the route they were going to. And it probably wouldn't even fit the thermal envelope of a MacBook Air. So I do understand the decision. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was devious, but now we're just in a, in, a, in a different chip world where Apple's like, hey, we make one chip and we kind of put it in all of those and it will be yeah. great. Yeah. And no, it I is. Mean, it's really exciting. And I think with the the small phone that we're both using now, Kai, like yeah. it's a really exciting time to be using Apple products again. And there was See, a I didn't even bring that up. I, I talked about how exciting <laughs> everything is and I forgot the the, the yeah. finally perfect size phone again. It's so good. Um mm. yeah. And I'm actually I now I've actually had it for a little bit. Most days I go to bed with about forty percent battery life left. Okay. Now I yeah. like I, I try to kind of keep track of it every time I put it on the charger at yeah. night. I'm at about 40. So for me, it's very comfortably in the range of, and I actually used it quite a lot uh, over the last few uh, days to try and, uh, like, I try to use it as close to normal of a use as possible to try to get a better sense of how is the battery life. I've not had issues. Okay. I've once hit the 20% battery warning, and that was a very long day when we got up very early and went to bed very late. And that was just as I went to bed, I got the 20% warning. (laughs) Okay. I um I definitely use my phone more than you then and where my house is the reception isn't fantastic so I know that mm-hmm. just idly it does use a bit more battery than would be ideal but if I look Are at you my still in the 5G all the time mode I uh no I think I turn that off because okay. of let me double check yeah I'm on 5G auto now yeah, um, cool. I actually, so I turned it to 5G auto and I found it was pr- still pretty okay at maintaining a 5G signal whatever smarts it's doing was actually okay um and and so, so I'm okay with that mode now, but if I still look at my battery, um, basically every day I'm using a tad over a hundred percent. You know, you can go in and see that graph mm-hmm. and see how much you use. The most looks like about 125 and the least was actually last Sunday when we recorded and that would have been f- just over 50. So that's by far the lowest day, but every other day bar one and the day I got the phone was a hundred percent or more. Um, so oh, I am really? definitely needing okay. a midday top up. Okay, yeah, I've I've had one day when it hit a uh, hundred, and that was with almost seven hours of screen on time. Okay, so nice. that was definitely the the craziest day. All the other ones, I'm very comfortably. Like usually, I would say my screen on time is maybe around four hours. That seems to be like a normal day for yeah. me, f- between four and five, yeah. and I'm very comfortably ah. getting through that. My most was five seventeen, five hours seventeen. Oh, really? Minutes. And you hit a hundred? What? What? That was, what uh, you that run was about hundred and twenty that day. Um, oh, Safari yeah. and messages were the two big ones. Oh, okay. Uh, apparently, that's... I was in Safari for ninety minutes. God, I don't know what I was doing in Safari. Oh. <laughs> um, just I don't normally browse the web on my phone. Maybe I was just like being really lazy before I went to sleep or something, and didn't <laughs> feel like getting my iPad out. I don't know. And then the other day, where <laughs> I the highest battery usage was also Safari and messages. 
Um, so that's interesting. But yeah, for me, it's mostly yeah. like Twitter, Reddit, Safari, okay. um, golf on Mars, <laughs> and the App Store for some reason. Apparently, uh, that day was almost 8% App Store, which okay. I'm surprised about because I don't know what I was doing in the App Store for hours. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know why Safari. Maybe you're going on to very... Are you going to the virtual lot? <laughs> <laughs> no. I um like I guess I do check news headlines mostly in Safari. I do a lot of Twitter in Safari because I don't want to put the app on my phone. Um okay. and I do check like app store downloads and statistics and server stuff mm. um, when I'm out of the house. Uh mm. I'll use my phone for that. So I guess okay. I guess it kind of makes sense, but mm. yeah, Safari seems to be right up there. Mm. Interestingly, so does but, that mean you haven't seen fleets on Twitter yet? I do not want to see fleets. I, <laughs> good. That's good for you. You're, you're not. No, I've I don't never know. used a social network with stories, and I never want to use a social network with stories. It's, it's not bad. Like I'm not complaining. I might actually start using it. But what I don't like <laughs> is that I get notifications from the Twitter app now saying, oh. "Hey, don't miss this fleet before it's going away," and no, th- I don't like that. No. I should turn that off. I, yes, I'm not. A, should. I'm. I don't. I don't care that much about it. I. I think it's a bit annoying that you can't turn it off because yeah. for most parts, I don't know. I, I just feels for me at the moment, at least, it feels like it doesn't quite fit my. I understand what it's for, right? It's it's kind of intended for you to want to check the app more frequently because you don't want to miss something. And I yeah. I always enjoyed that about Twitter that I had a sense of. I can catch up on things rather than feeling like I'm missing things. Yeah. And I think that was... But you, you you really only get that sense if you use something like Tweetbot or Twitterific. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of how I how I use Twitter for most yeah. of its life, yeah. right? I, I just... I, I go... I do whatever I want to do in my life and then I f- still feel like I can see... You know, sometimes you could just get like a swing in emotions when there's like something being announced and you kind of just mm. see through people and it's kind of fun, right? Even it if is you really watch, fun. Like if you watch the Apple event, for example, and then you you didn't pay attention to Twitter during the event, you can still go through and see people like being excited about something or speculating and then turning around. And there's a different feel to that from just going to a news website afterwards that actually talks about what happened. You kind of get like a live yeah. reaction uh, stretch and you can go back to that. And I like that. So I'm not a yeah. big fan of things going away because I, I don't need anything that tries to guilt me into going somewhere more frequently so i'm not missing other parts yeah and i understand why why so many networks do that right they want you to to check them more frequently mm-hmm. and and if too many and people they, use think, twitter in a way where they just check in the end of the day they want to mm-hmm. now encourage you to check it all the freaking time mm-hmm. but i'm just not i'm not gonna it doesn't work on me because i don't really uh, i'm not too worried about stiff the fleets i might be missing but i mm-hmm. don't like that it's trying to push that cool yeah yeah that's fair (laughs) but i also see the value of wanting to share something that you might not want to stick around i don't really have any of that like in my life is not i'm not someone who's sharing a crazy amount and Mm -hmm. if i do i don't need it to ever go away you know everything i put on twitter Mm -hmm. i'm totally fine if someone would pick it up in 10 years i I don't mind not that anyone should because i don't think i have that valuable things to post but (laughs) if if someone wants to i'm not you know it's not that i'm putting something in there that is like uh, needs to be hidden somewhere else and then go away but you like mini phone mini phone's great yeah good good okay how long ago was I, I get the feeling that you're very happy with this purchase, Kai. Yes. Uh, how? What was the product that you were this happy with purchasing last? 
product or Apple product? Product. Um, maybe our, our, our Roborock vacuum cleaner. Okay, so it doesn't come around often. That's like two years. No, and it's, it's also feeling a bit mean to say a vacuum cleaner, but <laughs> it, it, the vacuum cleaner is a great purchase, right? It just makes things clean and you don't have to do them. So yeah, it's kind yeah. of both a fun it's a, toy, it's a but it's also a very good utilitarian, mm. like a very good utility mm. toy. Like, um, uh, so how about Apple products? When was the last time? Which I mean, was the last realistically, time? I don't have a lot. I don't buy a lot of things I'm not happy with. Mm -hmm. So I would say the iMac, apart from the purchasing experiencing, <laughs> experience of getting a data okay. arrival one, I, I do. It's just most things I buy, I'm happy with mm -hmm. because I know what I'm buying. I'm not mm -hmm. someone who buys a whole bunch of random garbage mm -hmm. and then being annoyed that it's all garbage right when i buy an imac i know i'm excited about getting the imac yeah. and i'm happy about it and that that happened with the imac right i'm, I'm yeah. enjoying it every single day i'm using it the only problem i had was that i wasn't happy with the range of iphones that apple offered so i was i i still i was still excited about some of the parts like i was excited about new cameras i was excited about face id i was excited about parts of the phone but it always felt like a compromise mm -hmm. Uh, well, I feel like this phone, now actually using it, I wouldn't mind it going ever so slightly smaller. No, it's, I, know. Oh. I was thinking the same thing this morning. I was like, <laughs> bring back the iPhone 5. <laughs> yeah. Just just, just a, a smidge smaller mm -hmm. would work for me. Yeah. Um, it's definitely so far into the right direction that it's oh, yeah. such a big mm -hmm. leap. And yep. But it, I'm now at a point where I sometimes forget that it's smaller. And then only when I pick up one of the old ones, I'm like, man, I'm happy I don't have to carry that. Mm. Doesn't the How 11 Pro you... feel like a brick now? It uh, feels like a, like a table ten tennis paddle. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Like you can hit you know how when people just people describe smaller phones as feeling like a toy like you think it can't mm -hmm. be real i i get oh. the opposite when i go to the large phone i think how is this a thing that people mm -hmm. want to hold like my, my mini thing that's so thin and light can do everything i need it to do why do people feel the need to carry around yeah. a backpack as their phone <laughs> like <laughs> how about you Zach? what's the last thing you were this happy about i'm gonna i'm gonna stick to apple products because that's yeah. easy to think about but probably airpods yeah, AirPods, I was thinking AirPods that Pro. too. Yeah, yeah that's they were one. truly like delight. Like the Apple mm. Watch has, the Apple Watch upgrades have all been incremental. Even the original Apple Watch coming from a Pebble was like mm. still a smartwatch, does mm. very similar things, just better. Um, but definitely AirPods, I got that sense yeah. of delight. Um, yeah, prior like they to were like that, straight up, straight up great, right? I, like I, I was nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Caveat that no, no by saying the very first AirPods were only good for about nine months. And then the battery mm -hmm. was yeah. that's seriously fair. That's fair. degrading. Well, yeah. I feel like yeah. the I have to, to. Was that the second generation? I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Um, I've had those now since the day they came out, and I yeah. do, did not even notice any kind of battery. They're probably okay. not yeah. as the battery is probably not as good as it was on day one. Yeah, but it with the first generation AirPods, I constantly had weird like it would drop out. Like yeah, okay. it wouldn't. I wouldn't even get the noise that it's low in battery. It would just like mm. all of a sudden stop and I had to quickly get the other one. And I, I had this weird kind of dance where I was like taking the right one on a call because mm. I, I had to be ready at any point in time to put the <laughs> left one in. Now I yeah. just feel like I used them as I always did. Mm. So I, yeah, I, yeah. I do agree with the airports on day one, but they did degrade a lot quicker. The yeah. Second but generation yeah, I'm talking is. about that initial like surprise and delight experience. Yeah. Um, but I, but mm. on that, the pros are definitely a lot better at that. I've had these for a year and I don't feel like they've degraded. I'm sure they have but they, i don't mm. feel like they've degraded i can go a whole mm. morning before i get that battery warning yeah. so it's great um but yeah then like to go to go back um even further it would have to be like the 5s and then probably the first mac that i bought 
with my own money. So, like, the first Mac I had was through school um, mm-hmm. as part of, a, like, a government program to f- subsidize Macs or to mm-hmm. fund. It was, like, a loaner program or something. I don't really remember the details. It was mm-hmm. back in 2008. Um, but then I- That was, a like, it was a good computer. It was a Mac and everything, but I couldn't really write code on it. Like, it just wasn't fast enough. I could use Word and I could send emails and- Look, maybe it's for the best because I definitely would have got a lot less. I say 2008, no, 2010. Anyway, I got a lot less done um, on that. Uh, I probably would have been more distracted in class if I'd been able to write code. Anyway, but then a few <laughs> years after that, maybe like a year or two, I bought a my own MacBook Pro. Um, and that was kind of like a wall moment. Like, this is my mm. computer that I can mm. write code and I can do what I want. And I can build apps for things. And I didn't have any of those stupid restrictions that they put on the school computers. And <laughs> that was like a truly freeing experience. Like, this thing is fast. And, you know, mm. compared to today's Macs, it's slow as anything. I'm sure my phone mm. is faster than it. But <laughs> it was also one of those wow moments. Like, this is a mm. proper computer. But overall, I, I'm, oh. I, I think there's a reason we're buying Apple stuff, right? Overall, they're, they're all still delightful and provide yeah, but, more but value. But there was than that they- period from 2014 to 2020 with the phones where they were cool. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I enjoyed, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've got this phone and it's really cool and it does cool things, but I wasn't happy with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. It seems like this is the one that has like the least things missing from it. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it, I'll take the battery trade trade-off. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's also it was a weird period where everyone's like, oh, your your things don't have to get you know everyone at that point when we were at like five S type uh, period in in time, people were like, oh, we don't need it to be even slimmer, we don't need it to be even smaller, um, and I think the entire Apple community kind of agreed, we don't need like shaving off another millimeter of this phone, and then they just exploded. We're like, all right, you want big phones? Here you go. Hmm. <laughs> It was kind of, uh, and I was like, oh, I yeah. wish we, we would shave off millimeters instead yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really happy with how, like, this is the thinnest phone that I've had in a mm. while and, you know, the smallest since the mm. 5S or whatever. Mm. It's really mm. nice. And mm. also, another little thing, the fun color. I got green. I don't know if I mentioned that in the last show. I probably did. But the <laughs> like color is really fun. The last three shows. <laughs> no, it looks really nice now when I yeah, see it. it. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just cute and yeah. fun and, like, it's not bright enough that it distracts me, but it's... It, it's fun. I don't know. I've never had a phone that isn't like the gray or the black. So mm. I really like it. Yeah. I have a fun black one. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go to things of the week? Marlin, do you want to get us started? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I was going to pick depending on you guys. Uh, Zach, you actually have a, have something written right. down. Zach, do you want to get us started? Okay. I, I can go first because I am the only one who has filled in the document. Despite uh, not really knowing, not remembering what my pick was going to be. Uh, it took me a while to remember. But anyway, my pick is a TV show. It's called The Queen's Gambit. It's on Netflix. If you have Netflix, I'm sure you've seen it. It's one of those like carousel items front and center for everyone. It's really good. And I don't want to say too much without ruining it or spoilers. But like the loose plot line is about like a, a chess genius growing up in the mm-hmm. 60s. And I'm not going to say any more than that. But it's one mm-hmm. of those interesting shows. It's really captivating. I think it's got something for everyone. It's not the mm-hmm. type of show that you need to be really familiar with chess uh, to mm-hmm. understand. Um, 
like I would go as far as if you've never seen chess before, you you might still find this show yeah, enjoyable. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's not really about the chess um, yeah. at all. It, it's if you like those kind of, it's almost like sport, right? You don't have to understand the particular sport when it's in a movie to know that somebody's doing well or bad at it. Or you mm. know, I don't like soccer, but I can still watch a soccer movie. Like it's okay. You you know, you follow the hero. Maybe not the soccer. I don't know. Uh, I although I think many many people did like Ted Lasso, and that was very soccer based. Oh, uh, good point. Good point. Oh man, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my. That's kind of what I was thinking of. I actually yeah. hate soccer, but I enjoyed Ted Lasso because it wasn't really about the soccer. It was about mm. the team and the the building, friendship building, and all of that. So this is kind of about this girl and her relationships and all of that through life, and it's quite fascinating. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not a comedy like Ted Lasso. Um, but no, I think it's just really cool story uh, it's a bit see. sad uh, but anyway <laughs> uh, no, it, yeah yeah i watched it as well it's a really good story and like uh, looking at it like reading just like oh, it's a show about chess if you're not interested in chess it sounds like it might not be your type of show but the actress is doing just such a good performance and Short it's, enough, it's such a good show yeah yeah cool yeah yeah the, yeah. the acting is really good you're right mm. um, i think we all agree on that pick good pick good pick cool um should i go next Martin? yeah go next all right my pick is five Guys, <laughs> oh, good. If that's not or I, guis or however you pronounce it, G U I S. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's a it's an app. It's it's super. I, I like the name a lot. Um, it's actually uh, Joe Groff uh, who came up with the name. Uh, he made a joke on Twitter. Uh, he's kind of he's been involved with Swift for a while at Apple, and then uh, uh, Helga, a German developer, actually picked up the name and made an app out of it um, that you can drag any kind of uh, app on your Mac into that Five Guys app, and it will tell you uh, the frameworks it uses as far as UI frameworks. So it tells you is this an uh, Swift UI app? Is this an Electron app? Is this a uh, Catalyst app? Is it a written Objective C or Swift and those kind of things? So just as a very simple like. Uh, I mean, not to diminish on any of its value, but it kind of just does essentially like a class dump and checks what what it's um, or an objective an object dump to check what kind of frameworks are in there. And I think it's kind of fun. Uh, it's it's very simple. It's not going to make anyone more productive, but it's kind of a fun exercise to just drag some apps in there and see whether they what kind of frameworks they're using. And it makes it, uh, it's kind of interesting sometimes. Like there were some apps that I, I didn't know that they were using SwiftUI, for example. Even some of Apple's, like the SF Symbols app uses SwiftUI. And I didn't know that. Didn't didn't make my life any different, but it was still kind of interesting. Uh, and it's a free app. It's open source, but it's also on the App Store if you don't want to compile it from source. Um, and it's just fun little tool. Wait, why a, is there Electron a- in Orbit? What? What? I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh man, jeez. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Don't take me so seriously. <laughs> man, heart heart attack. I was like, how oh. would that have happened? <laughs> yeah. No. no Which one of your dodgy it. co-workers is slipping? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> who, who do we throw here under under? The, no. Um. But it's, that's what it's happens kind of when the cat walks over the keyboard. The non-existent <laughs> cat. <do you? laughs> yeah. No. But it's a it's a fun little app with a really clever name. Awesome. Uh, Did that help you, Molly? Is it you made know? by five people? No. Okay. It's made by one people. Cool. Just, just to confirm, I've, I've just run Orbit through it, and it says no electron detected. Good, good, good. That that is the right amount of electron. No, no electron detected. No catalyst detected. Yep, that is correct. Um, and I also like it. Kind of says, hey, uh, no, no electron related. Your RAM and your CPU 
or safe or something like that. It's a bit, it's an opinionated yes. Uh, yes, I UI like framework it. detector. So Swift UI respect that the developer of this app likes to live on the bleeding edge. Yes. <laughs> so uh, you can do this with iOS apps too? Um, probably not. Oh, okay. It says, because no. it, it's got a, a row here about it not being an iPhone. Oh, but it says doesn't belong here. Okay. Maybe you can't yeah. make an iPhone. So it's here. a catalyst one. So it's kind of. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, but it's 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 kind of fun, uh, and it's also interesting to see some. I mean, some of those Apple ones we kind of. <laughs> it's very obvious that they're using Catalyst, for example, but it's still mm. kind of fun. Sometimes I I spent uh, a few minutes dragging almost every app that I didn't know the frameworks of in there to to get an idea. It's also interesting. Some of them just say, you know what? I don't even know what this is. It's like I I didn't detect anything, uh, like some of our audio tools. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's interesting. So I don't know what they're just straight C++ or something. I don't know what they're using. Anyways, that's that's my pick. Five guys on the Mac App Store or compile from source. Malin. All right. So then I'm going to pick a different thing. Uh, I'm going to pick a game, um, a VR game, actually, called Walkabout Mini Golf VR. Nice. And this is a, a really fun game. It sounds weird, but Kai and I, we've been playing mini golf in our apartment uh, <laughs> uh, this week. Um so it's, uh, I suggested that we can go for a walk and Kai said maybe we should just open the window and play mini golf instead. And that's what we ended up doing. And it's so much. But we left the window closed because it was cold. It was cold, yeah. Uh, so we didn't get the fresh air that you get from real mini golf, but it's basically a, basically it is a VR mini golf court course. You have, I think, up to nine, no, up to eight. No, sorry, there are 10 courts, uh, courses that you can play mini golf. Um, and it's up to each of them have uh, either nine holes or 18 holes. You can pick which option you want to play in. Um, and it's just a way for you to play mini golf in AR. And it's awesome now when it's getting colder outside. And if you want to, if you want to do something different, like play a game that's a bit more, engaging i think it's really fun and it's a bit social as well so you do you are able to play online as well which we're going to try uh tomorrow uh to actually just play with a friend who is in his apartment uh so i think it's it's just a great way for you to sort of be social enjoy a round of mini golf do something more relaxing than just working and Um, it has a lot of nice things like the environments are really cool like like there was one one we played played yesterday which was in a japanese uh, botanic garden so it's like you have all those like uh bonsai trees around and cherry blossoms and for yeah water features and like it's very well themed and it's a really cool environment to be in and especially now like i said when it's getting colder and a bit grayer outside it's nice to have a different environment Mm. and it's kind of nicely it's not really made for like ranked online play it's very much you you create like your private room you Mm. can invite your friends with like the code and then you can play together and they have like built-in voice chat and you can even the audio is pretty good it's like spatial audio in in vr and like one of them had like yeah and also they they do have a lot of cool sound effects too so the one in the uh, botanic garden also had a lot of like bird sounds around and that actually made it feel really uh, like a really uh, relaxing environment to be in and it was really good and it's kind of fun right you can see you can like when Malin was uh, doing her her uh when, when it was her turn, I was kind of standing there and kind of looking at the angle that, that is best to get to the hole and mm. kind of can, yeah. can walk around while the other person is doing it. They also have some hidden Easter eggs. So they're, they're hiding like a golf ball that you can find. Uh, and if you find it, you can use it in, like in at later a real rounds. Like a golf 
course, I guess. People lose balls all the time, so you can walk around and try to find people's lost balls uh, that are scattered around the place, and that's mm. fun. And they can be a bit more creative with the courses because it's not real. Uh, you're not feeling as bad if you lose a golf ball in, in the fountain because <laughs> mm. you don't have to get divers to get them out again. So there's a lot of like things where you have to jump over something to, to get... Uh, to get to the next hole or do like a kind of chip shot or something like that. Mm. So it's kind of, it's, it's, it's really yeah. fun. It's yeah. 17 Canadian dollars. It's yeah. really cheap for, yeah. for, for, I think yeah. you can get probably each, each course will probably take you, if you're like I two people an hour. An hour. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it feels very much like walking at a real mini golf course. Like yeah. it takes about the same amount of time. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's great. And it's very sort of accurate. Like the, the angle has a, like it's, if you, it's sort of as challenging as real mini golf, I'd mm. say. Uh, and and what what's usually a good sign? You get better as you play it. Mm-hmm. Like in the first the first holds, despite being easier, we were kind of like still working out how to how to line our shots up and those kind of things. But then we actually got a lot better at like putting in the end when we're like when we played for a while with like perfect uh, placement, and you can you can kind of place yourself when you're like putting. So you put yourself right in the right space to then have a nice. Mm. Uh, angle it's super fun it's way more fun than than i expected it to be yeah yeah uh, no it's awesome the only downside that i've would like that, like the only thing that i don't like about it is that you do have a thing strapped to your face and if you have to look down at the ball like you can get a bit of a sore neck after an hour of playing because you're like literally having a weight attached to your head so that's the downside of it uh but I guess you get stronger neck muscles, so that's like that's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's super fun, and uh, it would be fun in normal times. But it's especially fun now when you're not maybe not meeting friends as much that you can actually uh, mm. catch up in a random uh, virtual mini golf, uh, uh, yeah. and still interact, and you still can talk to each other. You can still see each other's like avatars. You can still see. Like I'm surprised how much um, body. Yeah. Like when, when I see Marlin kind of trying something, you can just, all you see is the, the, the golf club, the hand and the head floating around. Mm. And you can still read so much of their, their kind of body language. Like, for example, if I miss like the whole ones and I get really irritated, uh, you can really see that. Like you can Mm. see my like body motion and my reaction towards it, even if it's just like a floating, uh, octagonal, uh, like, uh, head. Right. Yeah, um, it is. So. It is a very surprising how much more physical a polygon head was. What yeah. I want to say. yeah, it, it feels so much more physical than you would expect. <clears throat> this environment, it's like it really feels like video chat. Somehow feels sometimes straining, but <clears throat> seeing someone's like actual like moving in in a space that feels like a real space is is very it's super, like even just for that experience, <clears throat> I would recommend it. But it's also a fun game attached <clears throat> to it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's it. And they're still building new courses, and it's crazy value at at seventeen dollars. Mm. Like, it's I, and you can replay it like mm. infinite times, right? You can actually they have like a high score and personal records, and you can improve it, and mm. you can have like practice. Like, if you're getting very very particular about it, you can actually practice specific holds over and over if you want to, and it's 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 very impressive. I don't know. Yeah. Um, last thing I wanted to mention, which is unrelated to our things of the week, um, is that we are going to do a live show of Cup of Tech next week, or probably this week when you listen to this. Um, so it is on, um, 
I'm trying to remember the time and I'm trying to remember what time zone it's based on. I can um, tell you the Australian time. Yes, please do that. Zach. So it'll be Wednesday the 25th, uh, starting at 5.30pm Sydney time. That's 4.30pm for our friends north in Brisbane. Um, mm-hmm. And who knows, and the rest of Australia don't for really us care. For uh, in P- uh, Pacific Standard Time, it's uh, 10.30 p.m., so it's a bit late, uh, but, you know, it's, it's a, let's, let's call it a late-night uh, live show. Uh, Isn't so everyone on Thanksgiving holidays anyway? So they're all up. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Mm. Um, and hopefully everyone's at home, so we got nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. So it's, a, it's a live show that we do as part of the um, Every World Conference, which is an Australian-based conference. That's why we're talking in Australian, conf- uh, Australian time zones. But um, yeah, and it's an online conference, so uh, anyone can join. You can still get tickets for the conference. Uh, and if you are attending the conference, you will also be able to listen to our live show. But we will... Also record it. Um, we're thinking. We're still thinking through because we will have camera. Uh, we we will like uh, what what do you call it? We will have some visual elements of the show. Mm, so we're still yep. considering how we want to record that and how we're gonna do do that. But we're at least gonna uh, release an audio version later on as well uh, of the of the live show. But if you want to listen live and see, um, I guess our interaction, um, yeah, you should you should check it out live. Does that make sense? Is that a good sell sale? I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm no, looking forward to it. It's going to be different. We've never done anything where we can assume the audience can see us before. Um, yeah. The closest we've come is probably the podcast studio at WWDC, where we try and describe the room that we're in and hope yeah. that people understand. But no, this will be this will be interesting. You'll be able to see our video feeds. You'll be able to see our where we usually record from. Um, but hopefully, going to do something a little bit different and have a little bit of fun. So yeah, uh, yeah what be a normal some, show, but tune games. in, enjoy. Yep. Yeah, um, and have we mentioned we have a special f- guest, Adam, joining yeah. us yes. again. Yeah, yes. So, and we, if if fun. you happen to to listen live, it also means we have no chance of editing any anything we're saying out. So, mm. there will be a very unique mm. raw edition of Cup of Tech, and you'll yeah. see yes. how much rambling we usually do yeah. pre-edit. Yeah. And we might end up cutting that out in the in the released version. So, if you if you don't want to miss that, make sure that you join live. Mm-hmm. John live for the rambling. There yeah. we go. Good selling. That's a Hold great on. sell, Marvin. Yeah. Good job. You should be in marketing. Has anyone told Thank you? you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always been my weak point. <laughs> I don't know. I'd say you do a pretty good job with all of it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but no, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, come and join us. We will probably have some live questions to the audience as well. So uh, we would love to get people's inputs as well. Cool. Um, that's the show.